Hey everyone, welcome along to a special bonus episode of the High Performance Podcast. This is the podcast for free, for you, every single week. And we talk about this podcast turning the experiences of the planet's highest performers into your life lessons. And actually, lessons is the apt word today, because for this episode, we've partnered with Get Into Teaching. And if there weren't teachers, and if they weren't delivering those lessons, and if they weren't changing lives right at the very start, then so many people will achieve so much less. And actually, through the conversations that myself and Professor Damien Hughes have had over the past couple of years, we've realised that despite the fact that our guests have gone on to become billionaires and to win Olympic medals or to lift trophies, so much of what they do today started with the lessons and the inspirations and the guidance from their teachers. I'm really looking forward to this, Damien. We've got four guests with four different stories, but they all come back to the same theme here, Damien, which is that you can really derail someone from an early age, but then what that also means is you can give them such incredible inspiration that they carry with them. You're right, Jake. I think the power of a teacher should never, ever be underestimated. And I think that so many of our guests, as you said earlier, have talking about that, that figure that has shaped their life, that has given them words of encouragement, support, and believed in them before they had the evidence to believe in themselves. So, yeah, I think... Uh, this episode is is an is a real privilege to talk about the power of teaching. Well, let's get on with it then, Damien. Let's dive straight into our first clip. This is double Olympic gold medalist Dame Kelly Holmes talking about one person being able to change someone's life. You and used a lovely phrase before, or quite a moving phrase, mm. sorry, not a lovely one, where you said about, I was the girl with no name. Mm. And how much of it was just having someone know your name that was the appeal of that yeah all of it just having like that you're here you know I always believe that one person can change somebody's life mum was my PE teacher you know we're still friends to this day to my PE teacher because it was her that actually said to me Kelly you can be good and this is the part of why I just like my charity but um that moment was just having an identity is so important you know, for anybody, knowing where they're going to go, what they're going to do, what they want to do, finding passion. I feel lucky that I had the upbringing I had, lucky that I had those feelings inside me at a very young age, you know, because two dreams were to be in the army as a physical train instructor and to be Olympic champion, and I've done both. You know, who else at 14 can actually say, oh, I had these dreams, they were going to take forever, they were the fluffy cloud mm-hmm. up there. It might have taken 20 years for one of them, you know, and <laughs> however many for the other one, but I did it. So actually, everything before that period of time was probably that little bit of grounding, fight for it. If you want it, don't give up. If you want to be proved that you're good, you have to show you're good. Yep. You know, and I think those are those little bits that when you're a child, you don't think about. When you're an adult, you start thinking about all the little incidences that have happened along the way where you could have just given up, you could have cried, you could have said, I'm not good enough yourself, you could have listened to what people said. But I believe that, that to become the Olympic champion that I did was some of the traits from being young, thinking, no, I'm going to do this. You, can't, you think I can't, I'm going to. It reminds me, Damien, in many ways of that great phrase, give me a child till the age of five and I'll give you the adult. And I still think that as much as we understand the power of teaching and the importance of teachers, I don't think that until we had these conversations on the podcast, we understood that a conversation with a seven-year-old child 20 years later can have a direct correlation on the way that not just someone performs. This isn't about winning Olympic medals. This is about making people feel that they're worthy and that they can achieve great things and that they have a place and they belong. 
Yeah, definitely. There's two bits of re uh, research here, Jake, that really come to mind with us. First of all, there's the work on a guy called, from John Bowlby, who's an attachment specialist. He talks about how so many of these early relationships in our life are determined the future of how we engage with people uh, as we go into adulthood. But the second one is a phrase from Sigmund Freud that talks about the golden seed moment. Everybody that goes on to achieve something significant in their life recognises that moment that Kelly just described of the PE teacher Debbie Page sowing that golden seed, just recognising that you're good at something, recognising a strength that you might have, a talent that you possess before you even know it. And that then gives you an identity that allows you to start living up to that. So if you remember, Kelly spoke really movingly about when her first job was when she worked in a sweet shop. And because Debbie Page had told her that she had great determination that she'd seen in cross-country running, she forced herself not to eat any of the sweets when she was literally a kid in a sweet shop because she wanted to live up to that, that message of being determined and resilient and having great resolve. So you start to see how as adults and as teachers specifically, you can really start to give people those golden seeds that can manifest themselves in later life in really productive, healthy ways. And if you could have the power to do that, you can also have the power to take all of that away. And we were joined recently, weren't we, by Lewis Morgan for one of our podcast episodes. He's an entrepreneur. He's gone on to great things. And he had a really powerful bit of advice, didn't he, where he said, just never tell someone that their idea is bad or that they can't do it. Just listen hear them out and and we don't always have to have an opinion about what someone else wants to do or is planning to do sometimes just standing and listening to it and giving them the space to talk about it can be enough yeah definitely and lewis spoke that 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 idea that he had that eventually mushroomed into the gym shark brand while he was his thought process was sound the outcome he had at the time of selling uh, protein shakes what uh, wasn't where he eventually found himself but he reminded all of us that sometimes removing judgment and asking people to explain their thought processes, you can often find those seeds of great ideas that are somewhere within it. So again, like you say, allowing people just that space to talk and feel respected and heard is an incredibly powerful solution for all of us. Okay, well, let's move on then and hear another clip. This is from Dame Evelyn Glennie. Uh, she's a solo percussionist who is a double Grammy winner, a BAFTA nominee, but she's also deaf, and this is what she shared with us on High Performance. Evelyn, what I'd really like to talk about is how important it's been in your life to have people around you who see things a little bit differently, whether it's your parents thinking, hold on, let's not push our daughter down the route that we would traditionally go down, and let's keep her at the school that she loves, or whether it's the teachers at that school embracing you, whether it's when you came to London as someone wanting to study music but not being able to hear, many lecturers would have said, that's not possible, right down to the man getting you to put your hand on the wall to hear music. If you hadn't been surrounded by people who see the bigger picture and who think differently, I'm not sure your journey would have even started, let alone got to here. Well, and, and that is an interesting point because we actually don't know, you know, what the scenario might have been. Um, I think the key thing was the percussion teacher, you know, when I was 12 years old, asking me to put my hands on, on the wall. I think that was a very, very key moment because it surpassed just being a musician or being the percussion player. Um, this was about ownership. It was about ownership of a particular situation. But then when I took the hearing aids off, 
off, it was almost as though it was a real relief. So although you're hearing far, far less, you know, you realize that actually, poof, the body is responding to things. And this first came about when my percussion teacher he, he struck a, a timpani or a kettle drum and he just struck it and he waited. He didn't say anything. He just let that journey of sound happen. And then he said, Evelyn, could you feel, physically feel that sound? And, and I said, oh, I don't, I, I don't know. And, and so he struck it again and I really paid attention. I said, yes, I, I think I do. And he asked me then to place my hands on the wall of the room and he struck the drum again. And sure enough, I could really feel that sound through the palm of my hands or my fingers or whatever it was at the time. And I said, crumbs, I really do feel that, you know. And then he changed the pitch of the drum. And lo and behold, you know, that, that had a different feeling again. I think the great conversation here, Damien, is about innovation and flexibility. It's a reminder that teachers can't just go in a classroom and go, right, 15, 20, 30 children, this is what we're doing. It's about taking the time to understand the individual, that patience, that empathy. Yeah, I mean, it makes me feel quite emotional listening to uh, Evelyn's story there. When that teacher says, well, you don't have to be able to hear to play music, but you do have to be able to listen. And that idea of being able to hear sound through through movement rather than just the noise itself is powerful and it reminds us of that conversation we've had with so many of our guests jake when we've uh, taken howard gardner the educational psychologist's question and reframing it so not asking the child how clever are you but instead how are you clever and understanding that every child is clever it just manifests itself in different ways whether it's physical intelligence social intelligence verbal intelligence everybody's gifted and it, i often see the role of teachers is to recognize what your gift is and then play to those strengths nice what about nature versus nurture then let's hear from uh, charlie pierce she manages various music acts she joined us on the podcast again brilliant conversation here's her thoughts to go kind of back to that idea of nature versus nurture i think some of that is there's something within all of us where we can do that like i i think that there's no one who is incapable of of doing that but tapping into it is a whole different ball game and i had a teacher when i was at school i was doing my a levels and it was actually the headmaster was my English teacher and we went to like a parents evening he said you know what how are you feeling about your grades like what do you think might happen in your mock exams or whatever and I was like a C probably is realistic but a B if I work really hard he said if you think like that the highest you will ever achieve is a B yeah you will never get an A if you right now are sitting here and telling me that the best you're going to do is a B you need to think I'm going to aim for an A and I got it. Now we move on to a rather different conversation here, Damien. We've spoken a fair bit about making young people feel great and saying the right things. And there's definitely an element of that here with Charlie Pierce. But then it becomes a conversation as well about effort and desire. If every young person listening to this went, yep, I'm going to dream of an A and I'm going to get an A, then it's never going to happen. I think it's really important we also have a conversation that mindset is brilliant, but action is one of the most important things and for teachers to inspire young people to take action is not easy but it's a really vital part of a, of a teacher's toolbox yeah dreaming without action is 
precisely that. It's just a dream. So I think what we're tapping into here is what so many teachers or people that have grown up in education listening to this will understand is Carol Dweck's work on growth mindset. It's a really powerful example of it that we're not born with a certain gift. The growth mindset says you can take that gift and if you work hard at it, if you put the effort in, if you invest time, you can grow that gift, you can make it even better. And what Charlie described really brilliantly there with her teacher was put the effort in and you can grow your achievement to become that A. So I think it's a really powerful example of, of getting people to focus on the process rather than the outcome. That famous saying by the, um, by the American football coach Bill Walsh that the school will take care of itself. The grade will take care of itself if you do the hard work and do the right thing every day. And if potential teachers are listening to this and they think, you know, is it really a career where I'll be valued? Well, the answer is it should be. Here's Lee Child, the amazing author of the Jack Reacher books. He spoke to us about the importance of teachers. We have a lot of people listening to this who are teachers. We have a lot of business leaders, um, employees and employers. What are the processes that you go through when you're writing or when you're creating anything to make sure that you are operating at the absolute top of your window? Well, first, a big shout out to teachers because, um, you know, that is so key and so critical. And I'm sure you guys can quantify it, but I bet every person who's got somewhere has at least one teacher in their past that has somehow inspired them or so on. I certainly did one particular, I mean, half a dozen in, in tiny little details, but one particular teacher that kind of forms you. My daughter had exactly the same experience, one particular teacher that completely inspired her and shifted the course of her life. Teachers are very important. And what you got to do after that is realize that you learned something, that your life was altered and, and was shifted in terms of course and then keep yourself open to that possibility it might happen again if at all possible pass that on to somebody else it's like a two-way obligation keep your mind open to the fact that there may be another teacher that 20 years later will change your life again or it is in fact your obligation to help other people if possible and everybody can everybody can help somebody else pay it forward that's what i i think is one of the biggest obligations in life so would you tell us about the intervention that that teacher made on your life that you described it was i was at high school and he was the uh, he was an english teacher but it was nothing to do with english it was to do with the drama he ran this drama club uh, like after hours and super professional in the sense of you know, you're a teenager, you're 16, 17 years old or something, and it's it's all about you. And he, he was like, no, it is not all about you. It is about the audience, first, second, and third. And that was life-changing to me. How prophetic that a teacher spoke to a lead child in that way. And all these years later, that's having a direct impact on the way that he writes his books. And that's a really good example. You know, you sit there on a train or on a holiday reading a Jack Reacher novel, and those very words, there's a direct line from them to the teacher that, that spoke to Lee all those years ago. Yeah, it really reminded me of, there's a famous poem by a guy called Taylor Malley that responds to somebody saying, what do teachers make? And some of the lines are that I make children question, I make them criticise, I make them apologise and mean it. I make them write, I make them read, I make them spell. But above all, I make a difference. And I think Lee's example of that 
is a great example of the difference that teachers can make in the lives and the community and the world in which we all live. So tell me then, um, your relationship with teachers and teaching, what stands out? <laughs> um, I um, had quite a, initially a difficult time at school that uh, when I went to a big school, I, um, I struggled really in many ways because I felt like a fish out of water and I got myself in quite a bit of trouble um, in terms of being, um, well, I got expelled and I had a teacher, that uh, a guy called Bernard Council, that came to speak to my parents and explained that he thought I wasn't a bad lad. I was just trying to fit in, in the only way that I knew how. And he persuaded the school to rescind the expulsion and almost took me under my wing and encouraged me to be that kindness and decency and humility were a far better set of tools than being aggressive or belligerent or unpleasant. So there's a few teachers, Bernard Council, Peter Wood, Andrew Marshall, that really made a difference in my life that 30 years later I still fondly recall them and still keep in touch with them. It's powerful that because again it, it comes back to a common theme on high performance which is empathy over opinion you know it's very easy to have an opinion that you're a bad kid but if someone shows some empathy and some understanding of you as a young person it totally changes the conversation yeah definitely and that like uh, my younger brother uh, Chris uh, went into teaching himself and I think he was inspired by those similar teachers that 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 were keen to empathise and see the person rather than just the statistics or the numbers that we can sometimes mistake them for what about yourself Jake what was yours well, I have a whole a whole family of teachers. So my mum was a teacher. Um, my wife's mum and dad are both teachers. My sister-in-law and my brother-in-law are teachers. And not dissimilar to you, I, I didn't quite get to the expulsion point, Damien, but I certainly struggled at school. And there was a point where basically I was getting such bad reports that I remember my mum gave me a small, you know, those um, little notebooks, like the line writer ones with the lines on and the little twisted metal at the top. For, and um, she wrote on the front... Thank you very much for your honesty in Jacob's school report. I've sent this notebook in so you can set him extra work during the summer holidays in an attempt to save his future. Those were her exact words. I was thinking, wow, okay. So then the teachers set all this extra work and then I had to stay in and get the work done. Now, I can understand why my mum did that because she basically went into panic mode that I was getting bad reports, right? But that, I don't believe that made any difference at all. I think that I did the extra work and that was all fine and I got good results and, and actually it worked out really well. I think the reason why the results were good in the end was because I had a few different teachers, Mr Maxwell and Mr Pugh being the main ones at, at my school at the time, Framingham Hill High School, just near Norwich. And they didn't berate me, criticise me, tell me I was lazy, tell me I was rubbish, tell me I was stupid. They said, here's the way the world works. It might be that you go out and you get a job and you have a career where all of the things that you're learning now are no use. But that's not really the point here. The point here is that whatever you do, whatever your walk of life, whatever your career or your profession, understanding hard work and understanding sacrifice and dedication and working to deadlines and trying to please other people and fitting it into a school environment and realising that you can't always just do what you want on your terms when you want are all really useful life skills. And so, you know, the, the extra work, fine. But I think what really made the difference was their explanation to me that school is like a microcosm of life. And, I, and if they help me to get that right, then everything will be okay in the end. Brilliant. 
So that, like, I think that's really powerful sometimes because my younger brother, as I said, he's a teacher and he works with, he's worked in quite difficult schools where children are often come from quite difficult environments. And that echoes the message that he's giving to the current generation of trying to give them life skills, equip them that you might never use a Bunsen burner once you leave school, but actually you're going to learn about treating other people with respect and, and dignity and, and being discreet in when somebody tells you a secret, for example. He's trying to give them those skills. So, yeah, I think that's the difference that a teacher can make in the lives of, uh, of our next generation. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, hopefully those four clips and me and you just sharing a few reflections is a really good reminder for people that teaching is actually a really creative career. You know, you have to be so creative, Damien, to understand the different people, work out how to get to their heart, not just to get to their head, the consistency of always managing to make young people come with you on the journey. And I think that is why, you know, Premier League football managers are listening to our podcast every single week at the same time as thousands and thousands of teachers across the UK doing exactly the same thing. There is clear parallels between an elite sporting environment and being a teacher. Definitely. If you look at the amount of elite coaches that have actually got a background in teaching, you know, we've featured some of them, such as Eddie Jones, for example, that worked as a teacher for many years. Uh, in his native Australia before he's gone on to real success and he told us really powerfully that he wouldn't have been successful as a coach unless he'd have had that grounding as a teacher yeah it's really great well I hope that you know people have listened to this and thought you know what I hadn't considered it but maybe that's the career for me um, I would certainly recommend it would you recommend it Damien absolutely 100% I think the difference you can make in lives and the legacy that you leave is unparalleled from pretty much any other profession. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for getting to teaching, for partnering on this special episode of the High Performance Podcast. If you've listened to Damien and I talking and listened to our guests and now you're inspired or maybe thinking of a career in teaching where every lesson shapes a life, then search Get Into Teaching Now to find out more. And I promise you, every guest that joins us every week knows the power of their schooling and their teachers when it comes to the life they live today. So on behalf of Damien and myself, thanks for joining us and we'll see you again soon.